Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Charles. Enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. It's been a while since I last uploaded. I took a little bit of time off to focus on myself, kind of get my thoughts together, Uh, so that I could be bringing you the best projects around, talking to some of the top entrepreneurs in the space. Um, So we're back and we're better than ever. And today we'll be sitting down with Grow Digi and his project Proof of Review. And what we're going to be talking about today is how to properly vet projects for for when you're spec mining or gem hunting um, and make sure that you're not buying into or mining uh, projects with no future. So without further ado, let's get into it. So how you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, so before we jump into your project and go over that, can you just give us a little background on yourself and what you were doing before you found cryptocurrencies? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so before I got in crypto, uh, I was working as a social worker for five years. Um, it's quite a challenging line of work, so I decided to quit that in 2013 and then start my own clothing business. Um, as I got more and more involved um, with my business, uh, I needed a bigger place. So my brother was mining at the time, and it's probably about mid-2013, and then he said to me, oh, okay, why don't we get a place? Uh, I'll pay for it. You can do your, your clothing business, and just you know, I can put my miners in there, and all I ask is that you look after them. So that's how I kind of got started in, in terms of crypto. Um, as as the weeks went by, I got really intrigued how these computers were making money. Um, started learning a bit about Bitcoin and how crypto worked. And then within a few weeks, I was pretty much hooked. So then I started selling, um, I started accepting Bitcoin on my website for clothes. And then as kind of time progressed, I kind of saw more and more potential in this. Um, we had the really big run up in December 2013 and that's when I really started getting interested in altcoins um, I remember Dogecoin came out in December of 2013 um, coinciding with the, the kind of big interest in crypto so kind of got interested and hooked ever since really so um, after that pretty much altcoins were my main thing um, m- mining was initially kind of how we got started in this and by about 2014 then the trading element developed as well. So um, since then, I've pretty much been full-time crypto. Um, it's something that I really like. Um, you know, kind of seeing the space grow has been a real kind of, you know, um, progressive and really positive thing, um, seeing where we've come from in the last five, six years. And I guess the main thing I've looked at over the last year, year and a half is wanting to utilize the experience I've got um, combined with the analytical skills I've built up and then deliver it as a service. It sounds like you have kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit uh, for a while. It started with a clothing business. Your brother was mining. That's what got you introduced. But you had this clothing business that you've created and then you started accepting Bitcoin. You got kind of, as they say, deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. Um, you started looking into mining more. Um, and you've kind of just consumed yourself um, and surrounded yourself with everything that is crypto and now you're full-time crypto. I love talking with entrepreneurs who have made that leap to full-time because they they go through it on a daily basis. Um, so I, you know, I feel like our listeners get the most out of people who have 
given up their previous jobs and now you know are involved with crypto full-time so thanks for giving us a little background on yourself it really helps kind of set the mood um now can you give us a brief overview of proof of review and kind of the beliefs that it was founded on of course um so when we came up with the concept um in the summer of last year we we as miners were noticing that like the standard of proof of work projects whilst it is improving there's still too much acceptance from miners to invest into projects with a basic level of information on the coin and even like a an acceptance from the community that you know developers are launching projects with very little planning very little skills in terms of the team and also kind of they have a vision but there's no real structure to it and it's kind of like accepted that okay they have a good idea but then after a couple of months they walk away and it's like you know okay that's fine they'll just move on to the next one so what we wanted to do was come up with the uh, the idea of an objective review on a project um, to basically give the miners some level of like you know security when they're mining the coin and more 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 than anything kind of improve the way that you know projects are kind of pitched to the public and all the information that's provided in there so initially we had the idea of doing an objective id review on the team to maybe prevent scams and kind of give the developer a bit more transparency but we quickly realized that knowing a developer's identity doesn't really provide much value for a minor investor apart from knowing who the person behind the, the, the projects may be doesn't really provide actually much value in terms of what are they doing what's his level of experience and expertise you know pretty much just having a name there doesn't really give much value so over time with feedback from the team kind of building the product and also from the community we kind of developed the review to cover three elements on the project which are the team the fundamentals and the code um, by doing that we feel like we give people who are looking at the reviews an overview of the project um, but also gives the developer a chance to provide information on, you know, their experience, their skills, and kind of promote their project in an alternative way that's being done right now, which is pretty much still, you know, six years after starting in the industry, it's still done in the same way via a Bitcoin talk. And so, so yeah, that's how we kind of came up with the idea and kind of developed it into to what it is now, I guess. Uh, I mean, I guess the main idea we have behind the project is as miners more than anything is that we feel we're still the most kind of how can i put it we're like the pioneers when it comes to new coins coming out so we're the ones that take on the most risk you know um we're the ones spending our time electric and also kind of our resources on these coins um as you notice in the ico sector those projects tend to be a lot more professional a lot more polished and people tend to demand a lot more information before investing their their money into this, and rightly so. Um, on a final note with this, we feel that as miners, we should have that same level of kind of due diligence. Just didn't seem like it was there in the industry, you know, even kind of how long I've been a miner, it's still, you know, not as professional as it should be in the proof of work sector. So that's how we kind of came up with this, this general concept. There we go. So yeah, I mean, like most entrepreneurs on the show, it sounds like you found an area that needed some improvement. Uh, you used your skills and background and applied what you knew to kind of fix a problem that you were seeing in the space. And that problem with these new coins and this kind of speculative mining was the lack of knowledge. 
you know, you you guys, like you're saying, are the pioneers. Uh, you're using your electricity, your resources. You're putting in the time and effort. And there was no way to really vet these projects in a sense, or miners were having a harder time vetting these projects. And so what you've done is you've kind of brought these three things that you see as key to a project success and you've made it accessible to anyone who's doing this early mining, which is the team, the fundamentals and the code. So I really like what you guys are doing. Um, I really appreciate you giving us this, you know, kind of brief overview. Now, can you go into the details a little bit more on the actual vetting process and I know that your your project is specifically related to how miners can improve their experience and be kind of less in the dark, but I think this applies to kind of anyone in this industry. You know, if you're buying into new projects, if you're looking to hire people um, for your business or even finding a business partner, um, there's this vetting process that needs to be done and I feel like not enough people possess that skill. So can you just go and dive deep into what you guys do for the vetting process yeah most definitely i mean you made some very good points there as well um in terms of the vetting process we aim to make the the vetting process or the review process a simple and pleasant experience for any project that decides to sign up one of the things we're really kind of keen to promote is transparency within the industry um, and any developer who's approaching us to kind of get reviewed, we want to obviously give him the best chance to kind of, you know, get all the information about his project. Um, so right now, in terms of the vetting process, um, we have a review process for our project, which is basically, you know, um, initially kind of based on what sort of level of ID vetting they want. So um, we have three tiers right now, which is basically just related to kind of what, you know, how transparent they are in terms of the team. So. Um, the process right now usually involves the developer teams contacting us via our social media or email to discuss the review process. And we'll go over this with them and the criteria and also what the, you know, what, what, how all the information is handled and how the reviews are delivered. Um, so right now the review cons criteria consists of the following to, to kind of, you know, for the basic, for, for a basic review, um, which is a name member of the team and the, the project and the location. Um, some personal information just to verify that the person is who they say they is, which is phone number and email, and we just vet that with them internally. And then also some basic information about the project itself, which is the website, the roadmap, a white paper, and having a GitHub as well. Um, we just think with that um, vetting process, it kind of weeds out those developers who are not really going to be um, as kind of in tune with their projects as maybe people who are a lot more serious about it. And the basic example I can give, if a developer doesn't have a website roadmap and white paper and a GitHub available for his project, how much planning has he actually put into the project? How much resources has he got to deliver on that? You know, So it's a really simple way for us to vet um, I wouldn't say good projects because I don't like to judge them good and bad per se. I just tend to see it as someone who's, you know, prepared to set up their business right from the first time around rather than someone who's just going to wing it as and when things come along. Um, the best example I can give is, you know, starting a coin or a project is no different from, opening, you know, opening a business in the real world. Now, if you're opening, let's say, uh, you know, a 7-Eleven or something like that, 
Um, if you've got all your stock in place, if you've got everything else in place, you know, your fixtures, furnishings, etc. When someone comes into your store, they're going to value it as a proper business and they're going to take that into account when, you know, they're giving you money and you're, you're their customer. Um, it, on the flip side, if someone has a shop that's empty, it's only got one or two products, it looks really dingy, it's not clean. Again, it gives a really bad impression to the customer who wants to come and spend there, you know. So it's no different in the crypto world. When people are launching their projects, we want to make sure that they're as professional as possible. So coming back to the vetting process itself, um, once a team, once any team can commit to the to criteria I mentioned, um, we request that they sign up via our website and just provide us some basic information to review their project. Um, we do also have a process where team members can have their ID verified. Um, when we go through that process, we're very conscious to make sure that this information that they hand over is kept private and securely. So um, it's very similar how to how you would KYC on an exchange. Um, you know, we handle a, we use a third party provider to handle the verification process. Um, the POR team never see any of that information. And then once it's processed, we just get a, a response from our um, provider and they let us know. And then that information is just handled and processed accordingly. Um, going back to the review side of things, um, usually in terms of the process when we're doing the review, um, the team will then get the basic information that the developers provided around the project. Um, we tend to do a blind review on all the information that we need. And then when we're compiling the review, we'll then match that up against the information that the developer providers. If there's any gaps or anything that isn't correct, we'll liaise with the development team just to confirm and then um, put that review out for the public to view. One of the things I really like about the vetting process is that it really brings us closer to the developers that we're dealing with and is we feel that we're helping to change the way things are done as well. So the more and more reviews we are doing um, with development teams, the more we're finding out how their processes are and the more information we're providing to them on how they can maybe improve it because they maybe not know about it before. And also fleshing out further information about the project that's not currently available to the public. So that's another added part of the vetting process is trying to get as much information about the project. Um, sometimes developers put information out there in their discords and their community channels, but again, reaching the general public sometimes tends to be quite difficult for them outside of their core community. So in a nutshell, the vetting process tends to involve co contacting the development teams, going through the criteria with them, compiling the review, and then putting together that review and kind of obtaining any missing information or any further information we feel that would benefit the public. I, I appreciate you doing that little review there. I kind of like to do the same thing because you guys, everyone I talk to is just a plethora of knowledge. So just a quick recap there, you know, you're looking at name, location, some personal info. Um, that's just to kind of start the process, make sure that the developers are who they say they are. And then after that, you want to check out their website, their roadmap, white paper, the GitHub. Um, and I really liked what you said there. It's, it's very similar to a uh, traditional business where, you know, the reason you asked to look at all this stuff is to make sure that you know these projects have put in the work and the time and the effort because if they can't put in the time and effort to create a website, get a roadmap together, you know, write a white paper, what what are they really doing? You know, it seems more like a money grab than it is a legitimate business. Last kind of thing that you touched on uh, was that you really just want to ask as many questions as possible. 
Um, you know, when, when you're talking to these projects, whether it be to, you know, figure out a little bit more so that you can mine, whether it be if you're trying to actually buy into a project or, you know, if this is something with personal life and business partners, because, you know, this can really be applied to anybody. Ask the questions that you want answered. And if the person, the team, whoever it is, doesn't want to give that to you, then there's probably a reason for that. You know, if if I've got this business and I'm trying to get it out to the world and people are asking me questions, you should be more I should be more than happy to answer all of those questions so that people feel comfortable, you know, investing or becoming part of the team, et cetera, et cetera. So I really appreciate you walking us through kind of the fine details of that vetting process um, with what you guys do um, and how that can be applied kind of universally. So that kind of leads into my next question, which is you guys have started to develop this kind of relationship with a bunch of different development teams um, and you're kind of able to teach them, you know, what they're missing out on. So what's your guys's forward outlook what are you most excited for in 2019 um i mean i guess one thing i am kind of looking forward to and i know this is kind of a touchy thing in the industry but i think it's very much needed is more regulation and more protection for the general investor and the general day-to-day person in crypto uh, having been in this industry so long it's still a shock to me that you know the same scams that were happening five years ago are still now occurring today and the best example I can give of this, and this is one of the, the, the kind of key things we're looking at moving forward with proof of review and just regulation in general is, is more exchange, is more regulation from the exchange side of things. And I think that covers two things. One is more kind of regulation around who are running these exchanges. You know, do they have the competency around managing their exchange, making it sure it's safe, having the team to kind of upscale with any kind of, you know, uh, increase in you know user um, usage from the you know from customers and things like that. A, re- a really good example I can give is you know there must have been at least three or four exchange uh, exit scams within the last year, and they tend to be smaller exchanges because these are the guys who can tend to get away with it. And again, it always comes down to this question: people do not do the due diligence on putting money on exchanges and finding out who the owner is until something goes wrong. Um, a really good example I can give of that is a Maple Exchange, um, the Canadian one that, that disappeared last year. Um, it's funny how after he, he disappeared, his name and address was put out everywhere. But I, I you know, I would kind of challenge to, to, to ask how many people actually knew that information and cared about it before he ran off. You know, so so that's one thing in terms of regulation around exchanges is. It's, you know, people kind of self-regulating a little bit more, the community self-regulating a little bit more um, is one thing that POR are keen to introduce and push on within the next 12 months is kind of getting this review for exchanges, for pools, for services that, you know, people are using and actually holding funds on, but don't really consider it until something goes wrong. Um, so that's one part of the regulation I'm looking forward to. The second part is more around the you know regulators putting pressure on exchanges to kind of vet the projects that they're listing as well rather than just accepting a listing fee as their you know business model and accept you know not caring what happens to the end user if that coin turns out to be a scam um a really good example i can give of this is um 
you know, I think um, some point in the last 12 months, most miners will know, there was a lot of Masternode projects that came out with pre-sales. Um, the reason they were having pre-sales is so they could raise funds to then list on exchange. Um, but by then listing on the exchange, they would then be able to facilitate any dumping of any coins and basically walk away with no repercussions. So it's like the exchanges didn't really care as long as they were being paid. And it was us as the end consumer, both the miner and the general investor, that was the one being hurt. You know, if we're the ones buying these coins on exchanges that turn out to be scams, you know, it's not the exchange that's infected. They've been paid twice. They've not only been paid by the listing fee, but also been paid by the trading fees of people buying and selling on there. Whilst the developer who's listed these coins has walked away scot-free and can potentially come back the next week and do the same thing over and over again. So the one thing we're kind of looking at, you know, towards regulation is just more of a clampdown around a lot of the things that are going on in the industry. And I think my personal thing is just exchanges, you know, um, people hold a lot of money on these things and it still doesn't really get into people's heads that you really need to be the one who's conscious. The government is not responsible for helping you out here. And when I say regulation... I want to focus more on the self-regulation from the community rather than, you know, any regulators coming from traditional government bodies like the SEC or anything like that. I think it's really key for us as a community to now kind of spend this time over the next 12 to 24 months while the industry is potentially going through a bear market and while attention's focused from price to more about, you know, security and usage and kind of, you know, um, adoption, so to speak, really key for us as a community to now start self-regulating the industry ourselves you know rather than leave it for another two years and just look at price and then two years down the line when everything starts moving again potentially the regulators come and clamp down and really make it difficult for us to have another season like 2017 you know i love two of the things that you just touched on right there at the end which was you know it's regulation but it's self-regulation you know a lot of people in this industry they hear the word regulation and they they cringe and they they lash out and they say oh no we don't need that but i think in a sense of self-regulating you're 100 percent right um especially with regards to exchanges i i can tell you from experience that when i first hopped on binance i didn't do any of my due diligence with regards to cz obviously things have worked out but I was, you know, trading tens of thousands of dollars on this exchange with very little knowledge of who actually created this exchange, what his background was. Um, so I really like that you touched on this self-regulation and the fact that proof of review is going to start, you know, looking at exchanges a little bit more, not just the projects themselves. So kind of, you know, a review of, you know, from start to finish projects, miners, um, the actual developers and then after that obviously the next step is getting onto exchanges so your next step logically is to then start doing reviews on them so i really like that and then i also love the fact that you were very forward thinking and what you guys are going to do uh, you talked about how we can't just look at price but we actually do need to take a step further than that and kind of do this self-regulating in this meantime while markets are down so I'm really, really excited for, uh, you know, what Proof of Review has in the coming 12 to 24 months. Um, anyone who's listening, especially those people who mine and also anyone who's got a project that needs some proper vetting, be on the lookout for these guys. Check them out. 
And then one last thing I wanted to kind of go over before uh, we go here is, you know, do you have one overarching tip for, you know, anyone who's trying to vet some sort of candidate? I know you talked about all these different things that you guys do, but give us the most important thing you think when you're looking at, say, a project or a person, an exchange, anything really. Uh, what's the most important thing that you look for? So this is a really good question. Um, I actually put a poll out on Twitter yesterday because I was just thinking about this a lot. Um, I think the most important thing that people always think when they look at a project is the price and they tend to make their decision on a project based on that. They'll buy the coin based on a price what they want and then they look at the fundamentals after. I actually think that's, I mean, how many people could listening to this could hold their hands up and say, I've heard about a coin and the first thing I've done when I've heard about it is go and look at the price. You know, let me pull up a chart, Um, see what the price is doing, see what the market cap is. I'm holding up my Um, hand right now. (laughs) Everyone does it. We're all guilty of it. And I think even experience doesn't change that. I think one of the key things that I always tend to say that experience has taught me is price is irrelevant on these things, whether you get in at the bottom or whatever, how much money you make off it is irrelevant. What you want to do, the key thing is you want to make money. And the best way you can do that is to find out as much information about the project you can beforehand around the fundamentals and then move on to price. It should be that way around. Right now, it's the other way around. People look at price and they move on to the fundamentals after they've bought it. And they tend to then look at, you know, sometimes live in a bit of hope thinking, oh no, I wish I'd checked this before. So coming back to your main question, one of the things I've kind of, uh, how I came up with the idea for proof of review is I used to do this in my own life before I started this project. So what I would do when I first looked at a coin would be is a, is a fundamental review process So it's the best thing I could recommend to people because not only does it teach you how to research into a project objectively, it also teaches you patience, which is probably one of the, in fact, is one of the best things you can learn in crypto. Um, It's a thing that, you know, 95% of the people in this industry just do not have. And again, it just comes into your process when you're reviewing coins and looking at what's appropriate for you. If price is what's determining why you want that coin, then you are not going to be patient in holding that coin based solely on the fact that price is your sole criteria on why you're holding that coin. If price changes, your reason for the coin actually holding the coin actually changes. So going back to what you mentioned in terms of fundamental reviews, um, it's really just really something simple that everyone can do. doesn't take much work, doesn't take much effort, the key thing with that it just takes time and effort so if you're willing to put in you know a couple of hours each evening or each weekend to review a list of coins that you might have heard about and that you you know they sound good to you or whatever your reason is for for kind of wanting to invest in these it's not going to take much time out of your life to kind of you know get a process in place um a way i can describe my process initially when i started um reviewing coins fundamentally is just break it down into small criteria and take it one thing at a time. So look at the coin. What does it actually do? You know, um, who's the team behind it? You know, maybe Google the developer's name, his handle. Uh, you'd be surprised on little pieces of information like this that can help build a picture of what the guy's been doing in his life. You know, if he's got a GitHub handle, Google that. See if he's got any other experience. Has he been developing multiple coins? Is he going to stick around? 
you know, um, moving on to other things, start looking at, you know, how many coins are there out there? What's the concentration of coins in terms of the distribution? Who's holding what? Are there any pre-mined coins? Try and find out from the developer, you know, what's your plans to do with the pre-mine? Um, so much criteria you can look at. And again, you know, if you can build this into, you know, a couple of hours every night or on the weekend, this can really give you a big edge over any time you may spend on Twitter, you know, reading through coins that people are, you know, talking about, you know, kind of hyping about, etc. You know, um, right now, the best advice I can give to someone who started this market in 2016, 17, 18, yes, things are really tough right now. Yes, price isn't in your favor. The one thing that is in your favor is that you have now potentially got time to spend to research and see how actually you want to, you know, progress yourself in this industry and, and set a filter for yourself. Um, an example I can give of this, if um, if you're in a particular field and you're looking for a better job, what do you do? You tend to filter jobs where you know what, you, what you're looking for, what you're experienced in, and you know how to do it. Why are you going to start a job in a brand new sector where you don't have any experience, any skills, and you're potentially competing against guys who have got years and years behind them? They've got unlimited resources. So in a nutshell, the best thing I can say, guys, is, you know, um, spend a little time and effort into researching a coin before you care about the price. Price can come after. And one last thing on that, you know, the one thing I've learned in the six years I've been in crypto Price is nothing more than a reflection of human emotion in the market at one particular time. That's all it is, you know. It's not a reflection of how good or bad the project is at all. It's only a reflection of a human emotion. Wow. I So much that you went over there was just, it spoke so deeply to me. Uh, you know, I feel like 95% of the people in this industry do exactly what you said, where they hear about a project they check the price, they check the market cap. Those are the first two things. And it kind of plays into this whole, you know, why a lot of people jumped into the market when they did. They saw this huge run up in price. They saw people making tons of money and they jumped in too. And it really speaks to the fact that they didn't look at one, the fundamentals, and two, they didn't have this patience that is required to be successful in this market. And I absolutely love that just diving a little bit deeper into that with the fundamentals because i think a lot of people they get caught up in oh well how do i how do i do fundamental research it's so much easier just to see price and then maybe get a little bit of info from say twitter instagram facebook wherever it is um, and you said just to break it down into little small criteria that you can kind of check off one by one so you know name check GitHub, see if the person has been very active on GitHub, see what kind of projects the person was involved in. It's just little things like that that you can do to really get a good idea of what the project is and get the fundamentals down. And like you said, it only takes a couple of hours on a weekend to do some serious deep diving into a project that you would definitely miss if you're just looking at price and market cap. So I really appreciate everything that you've gone over. I know proof of review, they're specifically related to vetting projects for miners, but I think anybody listening to this can kind of apply and use those skills to find investments, like I was saying, uh, business partners, you know, hiring. It really can be applied to anyone, especially 
you know, investing in projects, um, whether it be starting at the mining or just investing your actual hard-earned dollars into the project. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. And just one last thing on that. So right now we kind of, um, we are aimed at miners because we just felt that that part of the industry was the most unregulated and most uninformative, so to speak. You know, um, just wasn't enough information out there. I guess over time, once these mining coins become a bit more, you know, mainstream, a um, bit more popular, they will then start getting to the point of investors looking into these coins. So again, we kind of, you know, we stress to everyone that these reviews are based for everyone in the industry, for miners and investors alike, you know. Um, in terms of the overall review that we do, if people do find it too difficult to review into coins or, they, you know, they want a framework on kind of an overview of a picture that we deliver, feel free to check out our reviews at our website. Again, the more feedback we can get from the community around the reviews, the more we can develop these into being the type of review where anyone can just pick this up, uh, have a quick read through, get all the basic information they need about a project in an objective manner, and you know, make sure that all the facts provided by the developer match up on the review. So we've kind of double checked them for you. And again, once you've done that, then you can start looking at, you know, filtering out the projects that you like and considering price, you know. So just a final touch on that. Yeah, you know, our reviews are available for anyone. Uh, the more feedback we can get, the better we can develop these for you guys, you know. Awesome. Again, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. Of course. Have a good one. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode. And I just want to take a quick second to ask you a huge favor. If you found anything in the episode helpful or it's been inspiring to you in any way, I just ask that you share it with your friends, family, anyone you know on social media, um, and hopefully we can help them out as well. Have a good one.